Welcome to the Middletown Podcast. I'm Kat Hughes from the Middletown Research Department, and in this episode, we're linking in with our research bulletin to learn more about the impact that pets can have on the community. Specifically, I speak to Anna Maria Barcelos, a postdoctoral researcher from the University of Lincoln, about her research looking at the impact that dogs can have on the well-being and mental health of autistic adults. I started by asking her what inspired her research. So the main reason with, um, yeah, we thought about this topic is because many studies about autism and like pet ownership, usually they are with children. So they're investigating how having a dog in the house helps the autistic child and things like that. And there is not a lot about autistic adults and pet ownership. Then we thought, okay, we need to focus on this population. And the reason why we thought about autistic individuals instead of doing a study with like the general population is because of the high like rate of mental health problems in this population. So if we think about diagnosed uh, mental health issues, uh, we could say that just 25% of the general population has like a diagnosed mental health problem, but then compared to autistic individuals, it could be like around 80% and things like that. So it's, it's really, really, they really need the support of a pet if pets are really beneficial. So it, it would be very amazing to find something there. And then we also thought about the suicide rates and suicidal ideation. They are also much higher among the autistic individuals. And then we thought, okay, let, let's investigate if pets could affect, could help on that. So these are the main, the, the two main reasons. Yeah. yeah. And, and how did you conduct the research then? Uh, so first, um, we got like a small grant for this research, which was very helpful to So we could uh, advertise, um, like in the flyers, we could tell people, if you take part in this interview, you're going to get like vouchers and things like that, which was very good to motivate mm-hmm. uh, autistic individuals to take part. It's always good to offer something. And then after the recruiting people, like online and Facebook groups, everywhere, kind of social media and autistic centers helped us as well. We um, invited them to interview, so um, online interviews, because it was uh, during the pandemic. We couldn't do that in person, but it was very good. So I could talk to people from different countries, like from different areas in the UK, instead of just, you know, talking to people in Lincolnshire. and, And then... We had interviews, some interviews, they lasted for, let's say, just 15 minutes. People were very straightforward, you know, they didn't want to speak too much. And then other interviews could last like 90 minutes or even more. So it it was amazing. I I had the opportunity to meet different kinds of people and everything. And then during these interviews, I was asking um, autistic adults, only those who had pets, uh, who had dogs, of course, not um, autistic individuals who didn't have a, a pet. And then I was asking them during these interviews, what are the main dog-related activities that have an impact on your well-being? And then I explained to them what I mean by dog-related activities. So any kind of activity that you do with your dog or even without your dog, but because of your dog. Let's say if you go to the supermarket to buy dog food, that would be a dog-related activity. Or if you buy a book about how to train my dog to be the best dog in the world. That would be also a dog-related activity. And then I explained the concepts of well-being. So they would know. I, I just I don't want them to only tell me things that make them happy. So I want to know all the spectrum of well-being. And we divided, for this research, we divided well-being in hedonic well-being, which is more like the emotions, the mood. So 
doing this with my dog makes me happy, makes me sad, makes me angry. And then we have life satisfaction, which is uh, doing this thing with my dog increases my life satisfaction or decreases my life satisfaction. And the other aspect of well-being that we assess is called eudaimonic well-being, which is more focused on like life functioning. So how well you, you kind of survive. So you, you manage your life. And then in this uh, eudaimonic well-being, we have uh, six aspects like purpose in life, being autonomous, like an autonomous individual, environmental master, which is like controlling your environment, personal growth, so like growing as an individual, self-acceptance, so accepting yourself the way you are. And yeah, so different kind of, and positive relations with others, the six to one. So how good you are interacting with other people, being empathetic. So considering all these aspects of well-being, they had to tell me the most important activities related to their dog that have an impact on any of those aspects. And I didn't only want the positive things. So I told them, please don't only tell me amazing stories about you and your dog. I also want to know the negative things. So please tell me how much your dog makes you angry, how much your dog makes you stressed, because this is very important for us and for future autistic dog owners. Yeah, so this was kind of the way we did the research. And then, of course, we analyzed the data. We had a lot of conversations about the, the research team, had a lot of conversations about the data, how we would write the paper. And then we wrote the paper and, and published that as a manuscript and in a very good journal. So a nature journal, scientific reports. So, yeah, very exciting. <laughs> it's amazing to me that 90 minutes was the limit of the conversation, because if, if I've been chatting to you... <laughs> I would have kept you for the day talking about my dogs. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> um, so can you give some examples of, of some of the positive and the, the challenging aspects that, that people spoke about? So for me, the most striking ones, the positive ones, the most striking ones were like uh, the presence of the dog as an activity. People, many, many people told me, I only leave my house, like I go out because of the presence of my dog. Without my dog, I would not go to the supermarket. I would not talk, let's say, to the neighbor, to someone, because they struggle so much to leave the house and to have those social interactions with other people. And the dog makes them more relaxed. And many people said, ah, I wish all the places were like pet friendly because it's so important for me to have that emotional support from the dog. So pet presence was one that many times came during the interviews. Another positive aspect that they mentioned was like the routine related to the dog. So caring for that animal, feeding the dog, walking the dog, that helped them to feel that they are, they have control of their environment, their, their own life, they are autonomous, like they are capable of doing something every day at the same time. And that was also amazing. And another interesting activity was the affection they received from the pet, from the dog. So some of them said, for example, that they have breakdowns, they have panic attacks, or they get uh, tr very, very depressed, like very, very low, and even uh, suicidal sometimes. And then they, that affection they receive from the dogs, it, it's amazing, like for them, like a cure kind of thing. And an interesting uh, thing that we found in this study is that 16.7% of the participants, we had 36 uh, dog owners involved. So uh, almost 17% of them said that they thought about suicide and they, they thought, okay, it's something I would be interested in doing, but 
then because of the dog, they didn't attempt to take their own lives. So that was, and they said the dog was the main reason why I didn't um, attempt suicide because they thought um, the dog needed them so they couldn't leave the dog behind and they felt like the dog loved them. So it was that kind of reciprocal relationship that's very important to prevent suicide. So yeah, that was also an amazing finding. And we were not looking for that when we did the interviews. So kind of accidental finding, yeah. yeah. So these are the positives. And thinking about the negatives, the main ones, the, the main group was behavior problems. So the dog behaving in a way that's not the way they all expected to be. So out uh, outside with the dog and then the dog does not re respond to the recall of the owner. That's something that many times they mentioned that. So the dog out of control was like the very annoying somehow to that autistic population so the dog is pulling a lot on the lead the dog does not respond to recall or the dog is doing something and the owner tells him to not do it but the dog keeps doing that thing so they feel like they have no control over the dog and another one was of course like aggression and the dog gets getting sick or injured but behavior problems was like the top top one i would say of negative Thing. So we should really think about that before recommending a dog to an autistic individual, like how much they can cope with the behavior problem of that dog, because it's something that really impacts on their well-being negatively. Yeah, that's such a good point, because it, it's like there's sort of extremes on both sides in a way. It, it, it can have such a, an incredibly positive impact, but then there can also be that very negative impact. Yeah, it's them. like you really need a balance. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything in particular that really surprised you about your findings? Hmm. Yeah, not surprising, but something that touched me was like how much the affection, the touch with the dog can be important for them. And negatively, how much as well. Um, the barking of the dog can be annoying for autistic individuals. And that didn't appear in my other studies with uh, like the general population. The, yeah, all those things related to the sense, they seem to be more special for yeah. the autistic individuals, negatively and positively. So that was something it. interesting. Yeah, That's fascinating. I mean, it makes perfect sense, but it's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's to me before. Yeah. Um, research can often be quite kind of othering at times particularly when it's looking at a group like autistic people and then it can be sort of all about kind of the the difference and what I think was really interesting in your study is that it's such a, a relatable topic for everyone and was there anything in particular that that you kind of personally related to in your findings I think I I felt like when they were describing the things they do with their dogs and how it affects them, I yeah, I kind of related with everything they said. <laughs> <laughs> so in general, I think the whole study, it's something that related a lot to me. The when they mentioned something, I had like a lot of empathy and I really understood, okay, I'm with you. When they said, ah, when my dog is barking, that makes me very stressed. And so I could, I think everything, it's hard for me to say like a specific uh, part of the. Yeah, so in general, I think the things they mentioned were very yeah similar to the way I think. And yeah, I see. Brilliant. Um, what are some of the, the practical takeaways that, that you think we can sort of use from the research more broadly? So for the future, as I mentioned, like for future pet owners, dog owners, 
I think we could use these um, activities that are mentioned in this study to help develop, um, let's say, um, to improve the mental health, to improve the well-being of those individuals. So, for example, we found out that the routine with the dog and the presence of the dog outside can be extremely helpful to their mental health. So if a person um, is struggling maybe with uh, social uh, interactions with other individuals and she has a pet, maybe why not, uh, if the pet is well-behaved outside, why not bring that animal to the outside with that individual to maybe help? this person cope with and how maybe help this person to take the dog out and how how he could do that or she could do that and also in relation to suicide if we know a person is uh, thinking about suicide and maybe use the dog to create like that bond to show that ah the dog loves you the dog um, needs you your affection you are very important for the dog so to help in that prevention, as we found out, that could be a very strong, um, yeah, a protective factor. So I think pra practically we could really target those specific activities according to the type of um, issue the person is having. If the person has an issue to kind of improve it using the dog, indirectly using the dog to help the person. And also negatively, if the person is struggling and maybe the dog is showing behavior problems, the dog has health issues, then maybe helping that person find that, like a dog trainer, an animal behaviorist to kind of help because the impact is, can be extremely strong on the well-being of this individual. So using those specific activities to try to improve the well-being of the adult. And in terms of research, um, this um, study was a qualitative study, so I was doing interviews. We were not interested in numbers and significance, p-values. And then in the future, I would like to expand this study to a qualitative, uh, to a quantitative one with autistic individuals. And yeah, so I think that would be even more interesting to see how the whole, like the big population, a, a big sample uh, compares to that small 36 individuals that I interviewed in the, yeah. So these are like the future practical steps. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fascinating. And purely like anecdotally as an autistic person who's very involved in the community, I think it's something that so many people would relate to and would ring true for so many people. So yeah, I think it would be really fascinating to, to see those big numbers on it and, and, and yeah, see right. Like the, the the data there would be really interesting. Um, you had a, an autistic uh, team member on your your research team, which is fantastic. I'm I'm always very excited when I see that happening. Um, how do you think that kind of impacted the the process of the research, and were there like particular benefits that you saw in it? So we had a Colin. He doesn't mind that I say his name because he was very excited about the study. So the autistic individual who helped us, he took part in my pilot interview. So I had a pilot with him and then I asked him, is that okay? Like, should I say something differently? And, and then he told me, Anna, um, you need uh, to remind them many times about the time limit because some people might be, you know, thinking too much or they would not be so concentrated. And then he also told me the way I should speak to them and to be, you know, very kind and very empathic and, yeah, mindful about the difference. So it was very helpful, like in the practical parts, I think. And Colin also checked the paper and he had the opportunity to share his experience with me. So I think having an autistic individual is very, very, very helpful. 
Thanks for listening to the Middletown podcast. You can find out more about our research button on our website at middletownautism.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Autism Centre and you can find us on Facebook at Middletown Centre for Autism. Mm-hmm.